Welcome to the Magic on the Inside podcast by the Sisters Enchanted, where we chat magic, hot topics, personal development, and good old-fashioned life. Brew up something delicious and sit with us for a spell. Welcome to this episode of the Magic on the Inside podcast. I'm Sarah, the founder of the Sisters Enchanted, and we are inching up on one of my most favorite times of the year, and that is Ostara. And I love this time of the year because where I live in New England and in the U.S., I live in Connecticut, it finally, we get some hints of spring. Even if it snows, it it disappears pretty quickly, typically during this time of year. And it's like, you get those first 48 degree days, 54 degree days, and we've been hunkered down all winter long it feels like the sun is shining and you can be outside in shorts and t-shirts, even though you really can't, but you feel like you can. And that's what I love about this season. So today I am bringing you Christina Boos. She is one of our teammates here at the Sisters Enchanted. She helps out behind the scenes all the time. You see her in the Facebook groups, community groups, and Christina is well-versed in all kinds of magical topics. Uh, Her specialty and her focus is on Norse shamanism, and I am so excited to bring her here today, and she's going to chat on Osara with us. So sit back and listen in. Hello, Christina. Hello. My friend. (laughs) Um, So you live near me. You live in New Jersey. I almost said New York. You don't live in New York. No, New York. I'm done with that. (laughs) Okay. Well, really though, you moved to New Jersey. Yeah. Which is like not really that different. From no, it's really not. I don't know where I am. I, I don't know. It's a world of a difference. I feel like I'm living in North Carolina. <laughs> it's the <laughs> weirdest thing. <laughs> See, that's what it's like. So people who don't know this part of the country, there's this crook. We call, I don't know if you call it this, Christina, but there's this crook that us here in Connecticut, we call the armpit of America. And it's like this little piece where like New York City, New Jersey, and the um, this one part of Connecticut, they're all like, oh, I just hit my mic. They're all like right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's definitely an armpit. <laughs> yeah. so you live in that armpit of America. I mean, there really is no, it doesn't, does it matter that you live in Connecticut, New York, or New Jersey? Not so much because y'all probably work at the same place and yeah. it's like, everything's right there. And <laughs> it's just like a different, scenery but you lived in the city you lived in Staten Island which is one of the city uh, areas (laughs) yes like uh yeah and so where you are in Jersey is much different than Staten Island Staten Island is the city to the max and where you are in Jersey is you have a yard yeah it's empty I have two acres which I mean doesn't sound like much because like my mother-in-law lives upstate New York and she has 175 acres so you know I mean that that doesn't compare but I am you know growing up on Staten Island I'm very proud to own my two little acre of lawn and wood and it's made me very happy and it's all we need because it's less maintenance (laughs) so yeah no I get it because I did not grow up in Staten Island I grew up near where I live now in Connecticut so we always had like suburb areas but I grew up in apartments where we if we had a yard and we share it with other people um, and we had like a balcony so and we have two acres and so now that we have this like I remember when I first moved into my house that I live in now 
I was like, look at all this space. <laughs> I know we got like a ride on mower. I don't even think we need a ride, on mower, but we got a ride on mower. <laughs> like, yeah, no, you need a ride on mower when you got two acres. <laughs> I mean, you could go without, but one, one acre of its lawn. So the other one's woods might yeah. be all right. I don't know. It's more fun. You've seen my yard. My yard's yeah. a lot of woods also. Yes. And then, um, yeah, anyway, we have the same, same thing. Lots of, yes. but it's still a lot of yards though. A lot. Anywho, that has nothing to do with Osara, except nope. that possibly at Osara, <laughs> we'll see the grass again. Possibly. Yes. Yeah, start planting things. Ostara is good to start like getting your gardens ready and sowing your seeds and all that other stuff. So yes, yeah, grass and gardens. <laughs> so what's interesting about Ostara, I think compared to many of the other, uh, many of the other festivals on the wheel of the year. And when we talk about the wheel of the year, just an overview, it is the, these eight points throughout, it's basically seasonal points. So it's like spring, summer, fall, winter, and then also the center points of those. And then the equinox, the, the, the equinoxes, and then the longest and shortest days of the year are also in there. So we have these like eight spokes and Osara is um, spring. It's the, it's one of the equinoxes where it's uh, equal parts light and dark and after Ostara you know we move in fully into spring and then summer we're moving in there uh, but what's interesting about Ostara as I started to say before I got sidetracked is that many of those folks on the wheel of the year when you look at the stories around them the deity associated it's it's Celtic stories and this she is uh you, you, we don't know because Christina and I were like how exactly do you pronounce this um but I call her Ostara but you also see her as Eostere, I think, E-O-S-T-R-E. Someone listening right now is like, Sarah's such a bonehead. This is how you say it. Um, <laughs> but she's actually a Germanic uh, deity, Germanic paganism, which is interesting. And Germanic paganism, of course, we know informed Celtic paganism and really ended up not being much different in the end of things. But so it's interesting that that is uh, her origin story is germanic roots yeah she's the germanic goddess of spring and there's not much information known on her like i've tried doing a lot of research and stuff and there isn't too much uh, her name like you just have details of her name it means east and glory because at certain times of the year the sun you know is it varies depending on what part of the world you're in and if it rises in the south the east the north anything like that it varies ever so slightly it starts to rise in the east so people start to feel really good about that. And it's bringing glory, you know, it's bringing, it's giving people hope again. So. Well, there's the story, right? That she brings spring. She's the bringer of spring every year. And uh, that one year she was late bringing spring, right? Did you find the story in your storytelling research? I actually found one that's similar, but it actually, because of all the Nordic stuff, except it's the tale of Edun when she's captured, Ooh. because they say that since Edun is the bringer of apples and spring and internal yeah. youth, that when she's captured, you know, tricked into being captured by that giant, by Loki, and that time that she's missing, all the trees die and everything, so they go through like a winter, and then when she's returned, all the trees come back to life and it goes to spring. So I found that tie into that story. 
Yeah. Well, so in this one, uh, Osara or Yasser, she um, is late bringing spring. And so she already feels bad about that. And then when she arrives, the first thing she sees is a little bird who is dying because winter lasted too long. And so that's, and she picks up this bird and there's a couple of versions. One where the bird like eventually turns into her lover. Another where she turns the bird into a rabbit. Yeah, I've heard that one where she turns into a bunny and it, yes. but it still lays eggs. <laughs> yes, it lays the colorful eggs. It's like a gift, but either way, because of the, you know, the, and the idea that it's her lover and the fer- fertileness that happens with spring and when one has a lover, um, <laughs> the, the rabbit can lay these eggs and these colorful eggs, these rainbow eggs. Um, but anyway, so that is this idea that she brings spring with her. And what I also love about this is we can see the ties with uh, Easter, right? Modern Easter. Yeah, they have like the Easter bunny, like I've come up with, I've seen a couple of tales of the Easter bunny as to actually why they made the relation. And the biggest thing is actually just a misconception of the people. So rabbits were always kind of worshipped during that time of year because rabbits can actually, as I found out, they can conceive while already pregnant. So like they could become pregnant like twice. (laughs) Like they still have a bunch of babies and they're already, the next one is there. Thank goodness humans can't do that. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So um, rabbits would start to come out during this time of year. Everybody would be like, oh, spring's coming. And they would lay nests in like fields and all that stuff. Because sometimes they, the ground was too hard. They didn't have burrows, anything. So rabbits would do whatever they could and make like these nests into the ground. After the nests were abandoned, there was this type of bird. I have it written down and I forgot the name of it already. This type of bird that used to come over and reuse those nests and lay their eggs in it so uh plovers that's what they're called so people would often like see rabbits nests and all of a sudden there's eggs in it and they're like what the hell and this bird would actually lay colorful eggs they would be like a pale blue a pale green they'd have spots on them and stuff so there's a conception of that the other one is yeah the story of it Yostra, can't say it, uh, where she transformed yeah, that rabbit and everything. So like the Easter bunny ends up going into a lot of Christian things too, because a lot of them have those tales to where like, oh, you know, if your children, if you're good, the Easter bunny will come to you because it's a gift of fertility and joy. And you want that to come to your home when everything is dark and dreary and cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is the point of, of, um, of uh, yeah, of, of this festival for us is um, fertility and bringing back to life, bringing the earth back to life. When we look at the story, the Christian Christianity, and the story of uh, Jesus and rising, right? But these are, it's everything rises again. There's life again. There's fertility again. Um, it's yep. a start. And uh, and you, you're very active in our astrology program also. And there's the part. There is a version of this story where Osara is upset with the rabbit because, um, you know, he's a rabbit and who lays eggs and apparently he's very lusty and he has lots of little rabbit flings and she gets upset <laughs> with him for doing so and she she banishes him to the skies as that's what uh, a lot of the constellations the stories involve people getting in trouble um <laughs> being banished to the sky <laughs> and the constellation of the hare is uh in some stories thought to be this rabbit and then osara lets mm. him down once per year oh that's cool i've heard of the rabbit like in the moon i know the japanese cultures believe the rabbit is in the moon but it's in for more of like a 
honoring kind of point but it's not just a rabbit in the moon it's like it's making i forgot what it's called but it's like this weird like doughy kind of confectionery stuff and he's like making things in the moon yeah so again more creating yeah yeah no so this is the hair constellation and this rabbit is just stuck there until easter when he can come down and lay his his egg (laughs) so he stops making more rabbit baby (laughs) yeah i was like cut that out you little lusty rabbit you with your colorful eggs yeah basically it's a time of fertility and uh and again it's the equal light and equal dark day and that is uh Mabon is our other in, in the fall, which is Thanksgiving is where we see this too. And so Christina had a really great idea because we actually have a printable guide, which we'll be sure to link up with the, the show notes here with some things you can do to celebrate and um, bring in some of this Osara energy. And one of the suggestions is to make an altar room. And uh, the way that I made it, with, which is the photo in the printable, is just by taking a stick from my yard and then some flowers. I had some like dried flowers and some fresh flowers. And I just made a little altar room with twine. And I put a crystal on there. But Christina had a really clever idea. I'm um, carrying over from Mabon in the fall season to now. Because when we look at these marks on the wheel of the year, they really are cycles, right? So like this is a, or they're, they're chunks of the cycle. So from Mabon till now, so equinox to equinox, right? And then equinox to the next equinox again. Um, so Christina, what was your, tell, tell everyone your idea. So I figured since we all buy for, especially the winter time, it starts to come around, Halloween comes around, all those cinnamon brooms come out, all those, you know, even the little ones, the big long ones you put over your door, you can just recycle those old brooms. So if like, you, you know, it's still sitting there in the corner and if it's becoming stagnant and energy's not, you know, flowing with it anymore, being used anymore, now it's time to repurpose it. You know, if we're going along all those, you know, the spokes of the wheel and we're going around in our big cycle here, might as well reuse and add and decorate your your old brooms. So I know I have like two to three cinnamon brooms just kind of sitting around. So yes, we have so many because I buy new ones every year. Yeah. It's like why? And I don't get rid of the other ones. So we have, I think I have one in the entryway of my house. I have one in our living room. I have one behind me here at our office. And then my kids have one like outside in their mud kitchen that's totally falling apart because it's been rained on and snowed on and everything, but it's still together. And um, for the most part, they have one out there. And then I have like all little hand ones because people have gifted them to me. Yeah. So I have like the little um, handheld ones. Yeah. So I have a bunch of those. <laughs> that's a good idea to take the cinnamon room if you still have it or, or like I did, I just took a stick and some twine and like made one. Yeah. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have yeah. to be crazy. Like do something like taking your own stuff is a really good idea. Yeah. Just take some, if you have dried flowers or fresh flowers, I think the one that I did had that like white baby's breath flowers that were fresh, but then I had taken some dried um, roses and tied it on there. So just what you have, but the idea is to add that, that spring essence, right? That feeling of spring yep. to something dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So bring back to life something that's been stagnant. Yes. Right. And then the idea of, with an altar broom or a broom in general, you can even do this with your, your house broom or... Think of, you know, this is- just liven up your house brew, <laughs> tie ribbons yeah. and bells on it. You could do exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> but like your, um, you know, in Hocus Pocus when they're trying to fly, but they've lost their brooms because the kids took them. Yeah. 
who's the one witch and she has to ride on the vacuum. Mary rides the vacuum. Yeah. Yes. Like a modern <laughs> witch, right? Why can't you doll up the stuff that you're cleaning your house with? Cause the, the point is to have a clean slate, clean, fresh energy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh I'm so doing that this year. I'm decorating my, my Dyson vacuum. <laughs> make everything you do magical like why not you're we're all of us have so much to do in a day as it is you know like why do you have to have a broom for cleaning your floor plus a separate broom for like magical I mean you could but isn't it the same like cleaning your house should be a magical practice exactly it won't go stagnant that way either your house is like I'm going on a tangent. I'm going on it. I'm so I'm getting on my soapbox. Everyone sit down and listen. So we have this, <laughs> there's this idea that with like magic and witchery and witchcraft and all the things that you have to have an altar and you have to have all these things, but really that those are, that's great. Like have that they're, they're focal points. They, they are useful, but your house and your body are just gigantic sacred spaces. They are gigantic altar spaces. What you choose to do with your house and your space, your energetic space, your house space, all the space that you actually can like take up and walk around with all day long, that is no less magical or significant than an altar that you've created for yourself. Yep. That is something big that I'm taught with shamanism is that we are our most powerful tool. We are the spell creator. We are the part, like our voice is the most important tool you could ever have. Doesn't matter if you hate your voice, if you sing terrible, anything like that, the energy that that's the best way to get something out of your head and out into the universe is literally through your voice. We are our most powerful tool. You could buy the most awesome witch's room you can ever imagine and it's not going to do anything for you if it's not coming from you it's exactly. your important you're the energy exactly so you know what if you were going to clean your house why not tie some dried flowers glue some crystals onto your freaking swiffer stick and <laughs> exactly. that negative energy out from under the sofa that you don't want there to begin with <laughs> and don't worry about other people in your home too like i do weird stuff my husband just kind of looks at me like all right. Well, I guess this is it. Like, this is what's happening now. He doesn't even question it anymore. So, you know, just keep doing it. Live in yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. My husband, he, um, uh, my daughter and I, the other day were like, uh, we were cleaning the house, but when I, so for me, these everyday opportunities, the, the question we get asked a lot is how do you do like magical stuff with your kids? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Cause I just do it. And so for us, we were talking about when we were cleaning, we started talking about how to find north, south, east, and west in our house and um, like where our front door is and how we don't, like we want to, uh, when we're brushing stuff out, like focusing on what we want out. But if we want something to come into the house, we want to make sure that we're not brushing out the stuff that we want to have come in. Like we're not yeah. brushing pennies and quarters out the door because yeah. <laughs> we want those in the house <laughs> you know and then talking about like this is a feng shui thing or feng shui thing but like toilets leaving the toilet lit up like we put it down because you don't want stuff you know your energy going down the toilet all the yep. just keeping your kitchen stove clean because it's an abundance center and how you feed yourself and and whatever but um yeah no all of this stuff is important so you know, you can, of course, make yourself an altar broom, which is a suggestion in the PDF. But you can also take the actual stuff you're using and make that part of what you're doing every day anyway. Yep. Like you said, glue that, that crystal onto that Swiffer stick. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I see you, 
I'm gonna check your broom. Your broom. Yes, you should. Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite magical. Yeah, where's that Dyson you mentioned? Where's, where's the Dyson? I will send you pictures. <laughs> where's the Dyson, Christina? <laughs> All right. So I have some other goddesses here too, as you mentioned, Edun. Yes. Um, Persephone is another one. So while she's related to the, the dark months and going to the underworld, she's allowed to spend the light months uh, with the gods. So it's very similar, like with the, the hair being released um, once per year. Aphrodite, um, uh, Freya, as you mentioned. So you can tell yes. us that Gaia, the earth mother. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, Freya and the connection there? So Freya, since a lot is not known about Yostra, I hope I said it right, she, um, <laughs> the Nordic and stuff, so those cultures, so a little bit higher up, um, you know, more of like the Iceland and uh, northern, uh, uh, what's known as Norway and Sweden and all that stuff, a lot of that was all blent together then is one big thing. Since there wasn't too much, they would actually use Freya because she is not just a symbol of like love and fertility, she's also like massive strength and abundance. Um, she's often hailed out at the time uh, as like the spring maiden. Like I said, Idun is another one that they would do. Um, and they would have like these big feasts in honor of these goddesses to invite summer to come. So basically they would like leave places open at the table and be like, this is for Freya, this is for this, this is for that. And have this massive feast to literally like beg them to like, please bring the warmth. Cause they would just have winter and summer. There wasn't much like spring and fall in between. It was just because of the part of the world that they're in. But the idea was to also worship Yostra and stuff to awaken the earth gods and goddesses and to awaken the magic and to awaken our souls, like kind of shake it out of us. Because right, right before this, so what would be uh, in bulk, they have the symbols of, as I, I learned recently from, uh, from our friend Amanda, uh, is they called it like, um, oh, it was with the plow. I can't remember the word. It's like, like either. yeah, I can't remember the exact word, but it's like, like almost like enticing the plow, like loving yeah. on it. And you would like sharpen your weapons and knives and everything of that sort to get yourself ready for the hunting season ahead, the spring season ahead, you know, well, summer season to get yourself ready. So this is like the next step. Like we've been prepared and we've been ready and we, we beg you you know, we beg you gods and goddesses because they were very big into their magic. They would honor their seers. Their seers would have special seats at these feasts to basically like, look at all the food we provided you. Look at how hard we worked. Please bring the warmth. Please bring yeah. the spring. Make us feel better. And literally after those feasts, they would like, there would just be a better feeling over the community knowing like, okay, we did something about this. Yeah. We're going to bring that summer ahead. Meanwhile, I mean, it's the turn of the earth. They have no control, but... <laughs> <laughs> they they tried their their hardest and you know what you believe something hard enough you're going to make it happen that community really pushing to make that magic you're going to do something yeah yeah so really like in all the different variations of the story it's about the light bringing the light again coming to the light um the earth re renewal fertility everything coming back together uh which is why i i think i said in, in the intro the opening for this um was that I love this part of the year and I love it because it's those first, and I know you can relate because you live near me is those first, like it's, it'll be 50 degrees out, which is not really even that warm, but here it's a 50 degree day. And we're like, 
windows open, everybody yep. outside. Hang tops, shorts, flip, yeah. flip, my flip-flops already come out. <laughs> 20 minutes later, and you're like, all right, it's a little chilly. Close the windows. <laughs> Someone turn the heat back on. <laughs> like, all right, let's put the shorts on. Everybody's time to shave your legs, you know? Like- <laughs> yeah. But for the first, that first peak into like, oh my gosh, we're on the other side. Yeah. Well, that's that, that joyfulness that they tried to bring in that that would be over the community afterwards, because you know, it's coming, you know, that warmth is coming. You can't, the anticipation is like, ah, (laughs) I'm such an outdoors person. I can't stand being inside. I can't, it like kills my Sagittarius soul to be in four walls. So as soon, even like a 46 degree day right now, I'm random. And like, it's so warm out. Everybody, kids outside three hours. Yeah. Bundle up. If there's sun, you can go out. Yeah, it's reason to be in this house. It's plenty warm. I hear you. (laughs) So I love this, these first peaks of springtime. Um, And you mentioned about uh, a great time to start planting seeds, which is one of the things that's on our list, if you're an herb garden person in particular, because you can start growing those inside pretty easily. Yep, it's time to get your gardens ready. It's time to start sowing your seeds, even if you got to like start, you know, like pre-plant them inside. Mm-hmm. you know, put them in the little pots inside and everything. And people, you can use like egg cartons. A lot of people used to hold the egg cartons and then put some fertilizer, well, uh, potting soil down and stuff, plant your seeds there. And then once it gets warm enough, transplant them outside. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other suggestions we have on our, our list and the printable guide that you can grab uh, is to make something old, something old new again, which I love with the, the cinnamon broom suggestion that you have. Yep. And even using the egg cartons again, doing all that stuff. You can even get, I know that, I forgot what company it is, but there is an actual uh, organic uh, egg company that you could buy in the supermarket to where they sell their eggs in decomposable containers. Oh, yeah. You can use them, but you can actually put your plant in there and like directly just cut out the carton and just put it right down there in the dirt and you can, you can use it as that. So good. So good. Um, yeah, on the equinox days, watching the sunrise and sunset is a is a great activity to do if you're a person who can be up for both of those. Yeah, <laughs> I may not be up for the sunrise, but I could definitely do the sunset. Me and the kids will be in the backyard, like yeah, like counting down. <laughs> yeah, sun yeah. Goes down. Washing your front door. I mean, I think you should wash your. I think people should wash their front doors more than they do anyway, just because it's like such an easy magical practice. But mm-hmm. washing your front door down because it's a you know fresh new fertile beginning so much goodness um and one thing before we before we get off of this I wanted to we wanted to talk about Christine and I both was for people who are listening to this who also celebrate Easter so I I think that there's um there comes a point where you celebrate Christmas and Yule or Easter and Ostar and it's like well what do I have to give up the um really I mean Easter as we celebrate it with the Easter eggs and candy baskets, like that's a commercial holiday, right? And then the portion of it that is Christian with the story of Jesus and whatnot, they're really two different things at this point in time. Um, I know plenty of people who celebrate Easter who haven't been, who haven't looked at a Bible or been in a church, like ever. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time to get the family together too. I mean, you're doing, you're there to celebrate renewal, whether you're celebrating Jesus being born back to life, whether you're celebrating the earth coming back to life or anything, it's good to, I mean, 
with COVID, I don't know how well that's happening at the moment, but it's good to get like to renew those family bonds as well, yeah. or the people you consider family. It doesn't have to be your blood family and don't torture yourself if you can't stand Uncle Jerry, you know, so, like, <laughs> you know, just renew those bonds. It's a good time to get together. You don't have to give it up just because you feel like, you know, you've got a problem with this faith or that faith or anything yeah. and you, you don't have to give up what you what you once knew. So yeah. the stories of the eggs and the and the rabbits and everything come from many different cultures from all over different parts. So make it your own. Yeah. You know, well, what I love too about the wheel of the year is that, so in this instance with the, um, the equinoxes and then the solstices, so the longest, shortest day of the year, and then the, the equal days, those are markers. Like we know, you know, by the sky, what days those are. But the idea of Ostara being one single day, really it's a season, like it's an awakening season. Yeah. So if you don't celebrate Ostara on the day of the equinox, uh, I don't even know what like weekday it lands. I think, is it on a week? Oh no, it's the weekend this year it looks like. But often it'll be on like, if it's on like a Tuesday, you know, and you gotta work, all this stuff's happening. I mean, it is a season. So from Ostara uh, around the March 20th, 21st, to Beltane, which is around May 1st, like that whole time is the growing of the earth, like yeah. that whole period. So whatever it is you do, however you choose to celebrate, if you mix your Osara with the rest of your family's Easter, whatever it's the idea is, is the abundance, the renewal spring is here. Um, you know, we've exactly. hit that tipping point, just lights on. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, they didn't, most of the, the more ancient cultures, they didn't really have, like, if it's a huge rabbit hole, if you feel like going into it is calendars, a huge rabbit hole. <laughs> calendars is a massive, massive rabbit hole that I had no idea, but like, yeah, it was mostly the best way to go by it is to just go by moon cycles, pay attention to which direction the sun is rising from and just when it feels good, if you, it's clearly just by those signals. Like you said over here, we start to see a little bit of green. You'd be like, oh, that's it. Time to celebrate. You know, yeah. like you just, it's very simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. So they weren't sitting there like jotting down on the calendar. Okay. March 21st, you have to celebrate. Right. Osara, right that's now. Kind of, like, every, like I see, we get these questions a lot and it's okay. If you, if you're, if you're one of those people listening, you're like, ah, oh, I'm one of those people who's asked that question. It's totally fine. Ask the question. Cause you don't know if you don't know. But we get the question a lot, like, oh, I missed X, Y, and Z. Like, I missed a full moon. I missed a star. I missed whatever. Can I do whatever? And it's like, yes. Like, the, the point of all of this isn't to force you to do something on a day and add to your life. The point is to just understand seasonality, understand cycles, understand that there's always shifts and cycles happening. That's the point. It's yep. just and slow it's down and be present. Yeah, it's not hold you to the fire you better you better color your eggs on march 20th or not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's all in your intention just as long as you're doing it eventually it's you're putting that energy out there that's how it'll come back to you you know resonate yeah. at the energy you want brought back to you Cycles. very simple or if you want i mean some people really like to stay on the date though because it kind of forces them to make it a point like, okay, this day I'm going to clear my schedule and I'm going to make sure I do something. And if you're one of those people that is perfectly fine. So don't feel alienated. If you know, you're not all you know, flimsy because some people really like to have that on point schedule. I, however, am not. And I am very grateful that I can celebrate these things when I you need know. to, because two kids, husband, who's like a big child and 
you know, well, partridge and pear tree. Challenging too, because <laughs> we don't live in a world set up for seasonal living. Like we no. live in a world where, um, you know, I don't know, like bathing suits come out in January. Yeah. yeah. And also <laughs> just like everybody's still, I mean, people have good Friday off the day before Easter, but people don't get like if the equinox falls on a weekday, nobody gets that off. No, so, like, if it you're makes a person, it harder to do it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a person who lives by moon phases, lives by cycles, I mean, our society is just not set up for that. Our society is set up like based on we need to change that. Yeah. Like Start Bible movement. stories <laughs> and the Gregorian calendar. That is what our society is set up for. Our society is not set up for like rhythmic living. Yeah. And so, but that's what I love about businesses like ours, because as we grow and expand, that's part of my, my vision for us is that, um, you know, like that we would have more well, right now, Christina can attest to the fact that we just really don't have downtime ever, but it would be, <laughs> like, ideally we would be, you know, we would have more downtime crafted into the warm months and we have more, you know, available, like where we don't have stuff going on where someone needs to be present all the time. Um, because we'll get there. We I'm confident it. in that. Yeah. We want to change <laughs> the way that that works in our world anyway. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Any last ideas you had for celebrating Ostara? Um, well, the hot cross buns. I oh, definitely yeah. want to mention that because, yeah, that always comes up a lot. And what I found out with that after doing a bunch of digging is, like, the hot cross buns is always represented by a circle with a cross in between. It originated in Celtic society because it's the four equal armed cross. However, like, a lot of cultures that are celebrating the, spring, the springtime, like, they just made it, like, their own. I found out, you know, it can represent, since it's a circle – with a, you know, the cross in the middle, the pinpoint in the middle, that's literally the center is the point of balance. The circle is the cycle of life that the four arms represent the four seasons, represent four spokes of those wheels for the equinoxes. In shamanism, I was talking to my, my shaman mentor about this. He's like, you can use it as the four sacred directions of north, south, west, and east. It's like, you can like there's so much to it. Like everybody has adapted it and brought it everywhere. And it's really, really cool. So you can make like whatever meaning you want with it, like doing your hot cross bun. You can even mm -hmm. like sit it and face it. Like you're saying there's certain directions in your house with feng shui, like make it all pretty and decorate it and sit it in the right direction. Um, <laughs> Nobody touched also, my hot cross buns. Exactly. No way done. <laughs> and um, I can actually, I have a good recipe for one. I can actually make up like a PDF and we can share a recipe for a good one because it's got like this sweet egg wash on top. And yeah. also I can write up on, um, I spoke to my grandmother-in-law, I guess you could say, my, my husband's grandmother. And she gave me a really cool technique of doing like kind of Fabergé eggs. Because what you can do is actually, if you have an altar or you just want to put it like on your kitchen counter to bring in abundance and everything, you can drain the egg you know, and then actually put symbolisms on it. Like I plan on putting um, uh, the Nordic rune. Oh God, I'm terrible. I wrote it down and my brain is just not working right now. Um, <laughs> but it's, it work. represents the seed. So I plan on painting that on my eggs. So you can actually just like sit there with a symbol that you want and clear your head and envision what you want to, you know, bring into your life that needs to be abundant, like wishful thinking and paint it on that dried out egg and then you could save it. You could also bury an egg in front of your house, mm -hmm. you know, right by your front door, bury it in the dirt. 
that can help bring abundance and stuff and the egg decomposes on its own. Um, There's a whole bunch of things you could do. You could be creative. And like we were saying before, just because if you don't feel like you want to celebrate Christianity, but that's what you were raised as and you don't want to give a lot of things up, you can still keep your eggs. You don't have to get rid of them. (laughs) Yeah. Eggs are for all people. Yes. Eggs are for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, lots of good ideas. And Christina, I'm sure she'll give us um, some notes on some of these activities too. And we have yeah, our I'll all that up for you yeah, guys. I'll be on the, if you're listening to this, you want to head over to our blog because that's where you'll find it all. So, all right, Christina, thank you for chatting with me today. You're welcome. Thank you everybody for joining us. Thank you so much for listening into this episode of the magic on the inside podcast. Be sure to head over to the sisters forward slash blog. And that's where you'll find the show notes, the, the printable guide for Ostara, as well as the transcript for this episode. We love it when you share us out, give us a review on Apple podcasts that helps us a lot by getting the word out there that everybody needs a little more magic in their life. And while you're over on the blog, scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll see the registration form for our next round of Expedition to Soul. It is our free class that tens of thousands of people have taken. It's amazing. I cannot tell you how amazing it is. It happens at the end of March or mid-March-ish. So you'll want to head over there and sign up for the next free Expedition to Soul extravaganza. Because let me tell you, it is good and it's the best way to kick off your warm season. Until next time, I hope that you have an enchanted rest of your day ahead.